Because we think that based on her talent and the power of her voice, Lou is going to tell me she might actually be an alien. The great, great C Celia Cruz. Celia Cruz. Celia the unmistakable, Cruz. dude. She, my grandmother loved Celia Cruz. Um, man, yeah, dude. She and was the queen in my household. Incomparable. Incomparable. So welcome back to Life MMA in the NBA on a UFO episode. We are honored that once mm. again, joining us from L.A., the very voice that you heard is none other than, you guys know who it is. You guys know who I'm talking about. So party people, put your hands together for <laughs> Lou Los Angeles Jimenez. What is that? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome, DJ. That is... Hell always, yeah. always a pleasure, man. This man always has a got pleasure. a ridiculous amount of talent, and I want the audience, you guys don't see this, uh, but I do. I didn't wear the wig tonight, and it's because I've matured since we last talked, Luke. Oh, well, we had I didn't break. think you were immature. I you like didn't? having a good time. Okay, no. good. All right. We had a break. Listen, dude, you're going to take, take yourself too seriously in this topic. <laughs> You're going to have a long day, my friend. I'm the same way in yoga. When when I lived down the road from you in Laguna Niguel about three mm -hmm. years ago and really got into this topic in my off-duty time, uh, one of the yoga teachers, you know, we'd go out, we'd have some beers. And you know what? Yoga's like too serious, man. We got to bring yeah. some laughter and some enjoyment so that people aren't stone-faced in class as if we're like... You know, we yeah. just found the Shroud of Turin. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So yeah, um, I'm so, I'm I'm humor first, all, always. Yes, and it and it's reflected because your shows, your podcasts are so entertaining. And what you did on the the big phone home, if you guys didn't see that, you can still see an all star cast. Uh, and Lou probably has a link to it in Unidentified Celebrity Review on Twitter, which you can find mm -hmm. at lu at lou los angeles you can find that lou angeles lou, lou angeles. angeles i'm sorry yeah. at lou no angeles. no it's all good they're, they're synonymous now and yeah. the way that you maestro that like i think anybody who hasn't hosted something doesn't know how difficult it is to manage the slot times for everybody that's bringing me mm -hmm. back to like afghanistan but uh, yeah. all these uh coming in coming out who gets mm -hmm. to talk how long they talk Make sure we get the ladies in. You're very cognizant. That was um, outstanding. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Um, you know, yeah. I, what, I, look, I'm just, I'm blessed and cursed at the same time. Like, I've been acting for 20 years. I've been performing in front of live audiences. You know, I've been doing improv. I could think really quick on my feet, you know, when things go south real quick. Um, so, and I could usually live in awkward situations very nicely like I, I usually can get comfortable in awkwardness and I I tend to embrace it because I think there's a lot of funny and awkward um so you know the good thing is is that there was never there was eh, a couple moments that it got maybe a little awkward you know but but then tensions were eased and we moved on and it was you know so that's I think I'm just lucky you know I don't think a lot of um researchers or journalists you know have that 
you know, yeah. because they've been researching and journaling and, you know, being uh, writers and, and, and people who provide information. So when they get in front of a camera, sometimes, you know, it's their first or fifth time, whatever it is. And, and they don't have, you know, the, the experience that I do from an entertainment aspect. So as a broadcast, you know, the cool thing. Yeah. just, I like to I, look, I'm not an expert. I'm just, a, just like you, I'm just really interested. And I have a channel where I talk about it and we try to talk about it in an intelligent, you know, um, forward moving way. And we always have a base ground you know, or base base, a base of that we always come back to, you know, uh, the terra firma, as I like to call it, or, you know, the, the foundation of the house that we're building. It's, it's that, you know, these things in the sky, they are real. They're, they've been chased by our, you know, F-16 and F-18 fighter pilots, our top guns, the best of the best. They've, you know, been caught on radar. They've been caught by submarines. They've been caught, you know, messing with nuclear facilities in, 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 some in some cases very very invasive ways um we've got senators talking about it on an open level barack obama just said you know something on a comedy show but prefaced it being very serious um the conversation is shifting right before your eyes and so i just found myself in a very i i didn't plan this at all Luke, you know can, so as we just, move, i'm lucky to be here i guess is what i'm saying no, sorry actually, i didn't mean to cut you off but yeah. no we're actually we're lucky that you're here but that said um as we move forward i mean i don't know if you've thought of this yet and it just popped into my mind as you were talking about your acting career and the fact that you're able to draw together people who have a background in researching the topic talking about the topic but perhaps not wrangling a lot of different guests have you thought about this on television yet? Can you envision, or yes. have you thought? I mean, about I don't need. I don't need. Show? Um, talk show. No, I, I, I haven't crossed that bridge, you know, because okay. I'm not there yet. But can I see this show being on something like that? Absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, it's built for that. Um, but I like having total control of my show. It's very, very appetizing to me. Like, I like that I get to make the decisions. I get to book the guests. I get to say what I want. I get to, to control the interviews however I want. There's no plan to any of my interviews. Everything is off the cuff and raw and real and live. So that's also another fun element to it. Like, if we mess up, you're going to see it. And you're going to hear it on the replay if you listen to the podcast. Um, but the podcast, just FYI, doesn't have every episode we do because we do five shows a week between right. two channels. That's a lot. And, you know, on my channel, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. On Mike's channel, the Singularity Lab, it's uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And on his channel, we talk exopolitics. Um, and if you don't know what exopolitics is basically what the political atmosphere is going to be if a disclosure of some kind happens uh, and, and you know, the the ins and outs of what that might look like. And we also talk about the singularity complex or the singularity theory, rather not complex, you know, this idea of human, you know, literally becoming one with machine and what happens, what is going to happen. You know, obviously nobody knows, but it's fun to talk about. And then on my channel, we talk about UFOs. We try to keep it just that. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> relative to the other channel, do you have a hope that perhaps this is an issue that conjoins the two groups? It's absolutely, it's it's the whole point. It's the tip of the spear when it comes to my message, which this topic is bipartisan. It is a political topic. 
Um, and it's a topic that I think could bridge a lot of people together and maybe start erasing some of these imaginary belief systems and lines that we've built up over just a godly amount of years, just holding on to all of this uh, tradition and baggage. Like if you can let go of tradition and baggage, um, man, this world would be a lot different, a lot different. A lot different and so i agree that's that's the kind of conversation we're trying to have uh but we always come back to the baseline you know that you know this is what we know this is what i can bring to a senator um this is what i could talk about when i call my congressman um those are the things those are the pinpoint things that i'm really focused on so yes <laughs> yes anything that can bring us together is you know Anything that puts Harry Reid and Marco Rubio on the same side, although one of them is retired, is is yeah. uh, extraordinary. And the way that you hear your friend uh, and somebody that we all admire, uh, Lou Elizondo, talk about some of his the people that he admires, which is Harry Reid and and um, former uh, Secretary of Defense uh, James Mattis. But I mm -hmm. guess he was in a different role. I think he was chairman of the Joint Chiefs when when Lou was. Uh, when Lewis with a tip. Yeah. So I like um, that. No, I look, I, I am going to give, I'm going to base my judgment for men and women for that matter, uh, based off of the interactions I have with them, you know, um, that goes for anybody, you know, because they're you're in this field, you are going to be wrong period full stop. You're going to be wrong. Now, that's okay. <laughs> because none of us know what the hell's going on. Right. That's okay. You know, it's just what you do when you're wrong. Do you Stephen Greer it and just dig your heels and say, this is what it is. This was what happening. I know, I know, I know. Or Mick Weston, which is. Or. <laughs> In some cases, Mick West, Mick West has value. And you, I like, this is something that I hope to get through to you because <laughs> yes. I know you don't like Mick West. Like, um, I know you don't like him and you don't have to like him to agree with him. You know, it's okay. You can do both. Um, Mick West brings a lot of value, but I'll be honest with you. The last week has not looked good on Mick West. And I've been saying this for a little while now, not a long time, but he's painting himself into a corner that's going to make him feel really awkward, I think, pretty soon, um, especially in five years. He's going to be in a very, very lonely corner. Um, and, you know, I want to be there to say, hey, it's okay to step on the – the other part now the paint's dry you know like you can walk on it now you don't have to stay in that stupid corner you've painted yourself in and now let's start having a discussion you know because his analytical like i loved that he took court bell's film and um stabilized the image it gave you a really good idea how that that object is moving what he failed to do was include the stabilized image at the beginning of the of the footage where it really showed how that thing was moving um relative to the camera and to the ship and he conveniently left that out of his his stabilization of his film but when i first saw it i was like man that's doesn't look like it looks like it could be something falling like slowly falling 
very yeah. conceivable. And the way he explained how the, the light goes out and, and back in, I thought the exact same thing when I saw it. I was like, I think whatever the object is, it's very far away and it's bigger than it looks. And it dips beneath the ocean and then reappears and then goes under. And I think that's what you're seeing in that in that footage. Here's the thing, though, is that footage is a cell phone camera recording a something. laptop. It's a laptop. Okay, a, screen, a, a laptop. The, so that's yep. even worse. You know, it's mm -hmm. not even the real, the real. Um, it's, it's not going through a sensor image or can't uh, IR camera. Uh, that the, right. and also you're not technically speaking, you're not allowed to record in the in the CIC, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I would have thought not, but I think we're bending a lot of rules. We have pilots yeah. that are that are able to use their cell phones in the cockpit, and I think right. we're bending some rules, but. Um, that's not my problem if they bend their rules. I just yeah, well, I, I can tell you this. I mean, their voices are on camera. You know, mm -hmm. they're going to find out whoever those guys were. And I'm curious to know if they're going to be in trouble. If And if so, are we even going to hear about it? Um, but, but going back to Mick West, like, I think that, you know, he's got value. There are some, like, sure. there's moments that he's had where I'm like, man, if he could recreate that in his backyard – there's a very good possibility that what we're looking at is not what we think. Um, and that's mm -hmm. okay. That's okay. But cause you want to know why that video was shared by my mother. <laughs> like my mother shared that video when she heard of flying pyramids that caught her attention. Um, so I'm okay with it. Just as long as there's people like you and me to be there to be like, Hey, it's interesting. It's fascinating, but we need more data. And it's the same thing with the new footage we have. It's interesting. It's even more fascinating. It's one of the best so? pieces of footage. I do. I okay. do. I do. Because um, I, um, I think Christopher Mellon thinks it's compelling. I think Lou both Elizondo, are compelling. You know, they're, but, they're yeah. compelling, but we need more data. We need more data, period, full stop. Again, like it's... It's interesting, it's compelling, but that doesn't make it what we think it could be. It could be a lot of things, a lot of things. And we have to we have to come to terms with that. But the thing is, is that we need to be here to hold compelling videos, photos, data to the fire. We have we are the fire that makes sure it either stays hard and solid under that fire or it melts and withers away. Well can I, can I speak to that point? Because mm -hmm. so when you're in a room of SMEs and when I say SME, I mean, subject matter expert. So if I rolled into, you know, I'm, I, I wish that uh, I had taken acting in college. And if I rolled into a writing room out there in LA mm -hmm. and they said, ah, you know, you got a little talent, let them sit down. Um, mm -hmm. But if I were amongst you and a group of colleagues and I started to speak up, and really sounds stupid when you guys were trying to make points, people that had many years of experience writing comedy, they would mm -hmm. say like what Bill Parcells said to Charlie Weiss when he was the new high school coach on the New York Giants staff. Hey, yeah. shut the fuck up down there. Yeah. You just got here. So, yeah. so sure. So when we but talk about the five, oh, because I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to yeah, say no, this, no, make your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I believe that we do need the fire, as you said. The mm -hmm. thing what this in, what this gentleman doesn't understand, and I do regard and respect his intellect, only that he doesn't kind of know his lane, is right. David Fravor and Alex Dietrich and Underwood 
and their their respective whistles, they are the fire, not right. you. They didn't believe they didn't believe in this stuff. Right. They thought it was a bunch of hoke and a bunch of freaks, and then they saw it. Yes. And when and then when they start to talk about with a complete knowledge of how this system works, like my the last uh, plane I flew was uh, like that one that you see in the Aguadilla video, a Westcam mm-hmm. L3 MX-15. I have some knowledge of that. The CISO, which is kind of like the Wizzo in their backseater, has, and the, pi- the pilot has more knowledge than I have, and the CISO has more knowledge than the pilot on how that system captures images. And, and in the case of these uh, two-person cockpits, you have a pilot and a Wizzo, and they have an extraordinary amount of training on that in addition to what you heard that gentleman say who you wanted to have on talking about Link 16, which links everybody together so everybody mm-hmm. on one of their screens can see what Fravor or Alex is looking at. They can also see IFF that's mm-hmm. going to identify, that's interrogating every aircraft that it comes into within antenna range is going to interrogate it. You have mm-hmm. TCAS, which is called Traffic Collision Avoidance System. So that person is going to also pop up on your TCAS. And if it doesn't have, you know, if you don't see a friendly tail number up there, you're like, okay, wait a minute, you know. So there's multiple systems, multiple players. And then you have a guy come in and say, those guys don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. Now you, the skeptic who we need, Mm -hmm. particularly when we're looking at something that hasn't been adjudicated by all the all the the radar analysts and uh, radar imagery people aboard the ship mm-hmm. all the the pilots you know guys like Lou and God knows what staff you know that he had uh, of analysts that he had in a tip and Chris Mellon knows and they've all looked at this but no this guy who went and picked up a manual online said oh no let me and gives and, and what Christopher Mellon said he gives no regard to the experts. So I give him the same as what yeah. he gave all of these experts. Yep. I understand what you're saying. And I and I'm done. DJ, I get it. Okay? And you're right. It's like trying to tell Michael Jordan, and in this case David Fravers, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. he can't shoot a free throw. Mm-hmm. It's the most absurd thing you could say to Michael Jordan. But going back to your Giants analogy, that Charlie Weiss, Bill Parcells story. Did Bill Parcells fire Charlie Weiss? No, he said, shut the fuck up. You just got here. Okay. That's my point. (laughs) Yeah. Is you can't fire, you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Because the thing is, is that Mick has been right on, on, I wouldn't say a lot of things, but some significant things that maybe didn't come out of the ATIP program. And really, I don't think the most significant things that he's debunked, quote unquote, have come out from the Lou Elizondo, Christopher Mellon side. Of right. That's so where, that's where he, that's okay, where he doesn't know his place. But hold on a second. But the thing is, is that the other things that he's looked at, he's been able to really provide some good explanations. So in his mind, just, just think about where this person's coming from for a second. Just if you can't. <laughs> From his okay. mind, he's like, he's like, I've debunked this, I've debunked this, I've debunked this, and guess what? I think I've debunked this as well. I think I've figured it out, and I'm trying to. He's genuinely trying to show people that it's not what people are claiming. Oh, so and that's the problem. 
He's but trying. Hulk, I, I get what you're saying. It's the problem. Okay. But that's what he's thinking. Okay. So if he's right 60% of the time, I would take 60% in any bet, any bet, any statistic, any, um, if you could shoot 60% from the field, this is an NBA podcast. You shoot 60% of the field. You're a God. <laughs> hey, LeBron okay? did that when he was you're, in Miami, you're a, man. You're a guy. He, he did. Yeah. He, he had the best years in Miami, <laughs> but I'm just telling you, if you shoot, if you, um, if you complete, I don't know, in football, maybe, you know, 60% of your passes in football. Is that pretty good? That's not great. I mean, but in baseball, in baseball, if you yeah, shoot, if you I hit sixty percent yeah. or six hundred, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he or was, you was arrested, distraught in Cuba. You know, that's, what I'm, saying, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you. That's where his value is. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. I'm not saying his value is in in Mick West trying to debunk professional people who have put that camera system together from soup to nuts, know how to take it apart, know how to build it, know every fucking aspect of that camera system. And you're going to tell me Mick West knows more than him. There's no <laughs> yeah. way on the planet. There's no way, but in Mick West's world, which is a world that I find value in. Cause again, I'm looking I at do. the percentages. I do too. I agree. So that's why I think it's important to show his flaws in front of those experts. And what I wish, and this is what I'm trying to get you to get somebody to talk with him. And I, and I'm going to have a conversation if you can make that happen, because I'm still very interested in it, even though I've got other people coming on to talk to Mick. So I don't need you, but I would like you to help me. Um, Hold what, on, I just need a what, minute but, <laughs> Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is okay, I'm back to have the conversation with that expert and say, listen, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get angry. And what I need you to do is... The, the problem it, from... Explain it in a rational manner. Convey your point and leave it there. Don't address it after he rebuts. Just leave it there. Let the audience decide who's right on that point instead of getting angry at him and hanging up the phone on him because you think he's a complete idiot, which in this case, you're right. But But not in every case. I need to point that out because I'm trying to get Mick to understand that there's a flaw in his thinking. And that is we're not saying every single one of these videos is a UFO. It's impossible. And if you believe every video coming out, if you, well, first of all, this is the government that these videos are coming from. If you believe (laughs) that every single piece of footage that they're releasing doesn't have a purpose, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I agree. And they know what they're doing. And not every single one of these videos is something amazing. And Mick's right on that. And that's where I, we need, that is, it's not the fire. It sure as hell might be the coals though. So that's what I'm trying to get you to grasp DJ is that he's important. It. He's important. Whether you like to admit it or not, 60% of the time, give me that odd anywhere in Vegas, anywhere. You give me a 60% chance to live. I'd be like, awesome. All right. I'll We're meet you. Good. I'll meet you at the palms. 
I think like probably Saturday yeah. afternoon. That, yeah, no, you got it. I'm three but, hours away. But I know, I know I'm jealous now because I'm not in SoCal. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't not value, uh, Mick and what he provides because I think we need strong skepticism. Um, just like you've heard the politicians say, oh, we need a strong Republican party. We need mm-hmm. a strong Democratic party. It's true. Mm-hmm. I just I don't want you to get pro- upset with him. Well, like, I'm, don't I'm waste, upset don't the way he treats anger. those guys. The way they, I get the way they it. I get it. Them. And the I other get thing, it. I want to I rebut one thing that you said. Mm-hmm. You said, I want to show him mm-hmm. by virtue of somebody talking to him. And I think what I'm saying to you, my friend, is I don't mm-hmm. think you can show him anything because I don't think he would admit that he were wrong. I I'm think you could you, bring on the person in who... Fi- in five years, he's going to have to is what I'm saying. Okay, but how about tomorrow? If you had on who cares somebody about who was in... Let's say you brought on somebody from... I'll have to find out who makes that at FLIR. I don't yeah. know. Have you? Do you know what company makes that at FLIR? That they I have, have no clue. Okay, so I, mean, I know nothing to... about these FLIR systems. Yeah. That's why I need the experts yeah. to talk it with him. Because when he starts spitting out all of these technical terms, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So you might be right, but I don't know. So that's why I want to get somebody who I does just... know. I think what, you know, what Andy's, I don't know if it was Andy or Dan. I think I was talking to, to Dan, the gentleman we were on with last time, Dan Warren. He said, if you do that, then what he's going to do is he's going to reach for that other string and he's going to pull it. Well, it wasn't 80,000 feet to zero feet. Mm. It was really 26,000. So what yeah. else did that guy? So he's just going to pull at every straw. But the bottom, he cannot escape the fact of what, we had four experts say that were had visual or IR contact, uh, that you know radar contact. Obviously, they were jammed by that specific object. But then you also have the Aegis radar that was obviously able to make a sweep, which I didn't even know they were capable of this. You know, because Lou always says sources and methods. That's what mm-hmm. we have to protect. That's why right. we can't release if there is a certain sensor that's well, dude. There. That's why. I don't think I don't think the end result, which, okay, let's say disclosure is the end result. Let's say just hypothetically, we don't know this, but let's just say hypothetically, it's aliens. Okay. And the government knows this, right? Mm -hmm. They don't care that, you know, it's aliens. They don't give a shit about that part. The problem is, is once you say it's aliens, then everybody's going to want to know, well, how do you know that? And then that's what exposes sources the process, and sources, sources and methods. And, methods. Okay. and they don't want to give you the sources and methods of how they came to that conclusion. They just want to give you the conclusion and fucking move on. But what they need to do is give us the conclusion and give us public funding to move on ourselves. Let scientists, let let academia, let uh, scientific organizations and Mick freaking West let them all look at it and 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 dice this phenomena and and get to the core of it because that's what we need we need science to look at this not a bunch of dummies on microphones giving opinions like we could do this shit all day i want michu kaku i want mick west i want uh uh neil degrasse tyson i want the you know uh, lex fridman um, I want mm-hmm. all of the smartest minds on the planet to look at this and look and and challenge each other on it and get to an answer. 
get to an answer because like something Justice, is there. You know, he was that. He said he was like that sounding board. You know, he was that challenge when he was at TTSA. He was talking about that. He was like yeah. the san- what we call like the sanity check. But, yeah. but what I what I what I have a problem with is I I just don't know that no matter who you produce as a counter to him to debate. I just don't mm-hmm. think that he's going to admit he's everything. Not. He's just going to frustrate. So then he's he's not. But yeah. if you're smart enough and you articulate yourself, the the problem is we've this country and citizens have lost the art of debate. We okay. don't know how to do it anymore. Like go look at a debate from 1966 and listen to Richard Nixon. He's a genius. He's a statesman. And but he ended up being one of the most corrupt presidents of our time. Mm-hmm. But at least he articulated himself in such a beautiful, wonderful way. And the most articulate president we've had since, you know, a Nixon. I mean, even like it started going away after Nixon. Like I think of Kennedy. I think of, of you know, like Gerald Ford. Like mm-hmm. go listen to his gubernatorial or gubernatorial 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 debates um like he's a genius these guys are so the the way they use words and the closest thing we've had is barack obama right he is literally uh uh the closest thing we've had to anything of that nature um very very thoughtful very very thoughtful the way he speaks incredibly thought look and i and i disagree with him on a lot of things just let's just say this but i know if i met him we would be very good buddies and and my point is though dude is that people have lost the art to debate and my and the reason why i need to talk to whoever's going to talk to mick Mm -hmm. is we need to establish that if we get to that anger point where he's just frustrating, <laughs> he's grabbing at straws, mm-hmm. which he's going to do. We know this. We know what his arguments are going to be. Well, how could you tell the size of it if it's against the ocean? Like, blah, 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 blah. And he's going <laughs> to throw straw man arguments, right? What I need is the calm, rational expert to explain his position and why Mick is wrong and end it there. Okay, then and Mick, let Mick, Mick and, then, and then when Mick rebuttals, just be like, "Fine, that's your position. Let's move on to the next aspect of why I think this is what it is." And may, or may yeah. I ask you if you find a difference between honest debate or dishonest debate? Honest debate and dishonest debate. Yes, which means in a debate, I mean, it's who makes the best point in the most sense. And if possibly you could concede a point. And so like mm-hmm. when I would, when I'm on my, when I'm doing this podcast, I, I have another mm-hmm. guy on here, a PhD. I have a musician that comes on here. And sometimes we have a debate and I go, you know what? I, I think you're right about that. Like I, I'm ready to yeah. change my position. And I think that's what you're, another thing you were alluding to is that people have a problem changing their position based on the facts, based on the argument that somebody's making, because a lot of people are just not receiving it's like wah wah mm-hmm. wah, and as soon as you stop it's talking, like, look, I'm it's... gonna make my point. Well, I don't think Mick would debate if we brought on somebody who is a SME more so than the aviators. The aviators get a pretty deep... good working knowledge of that at FLIR. If you brought on somebody that had additional expertise that was from 
uh, let's say if, if it was L3 West Cam, I'm not sure who makes that athlete. I think mm-hmm. he would still disagree with them. I understand, but I'm the moderator. Right. I'm the funny guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I can say, I can, the I, <laughs> I can, I can, I can take the situation and say, yeah, that I think you lost that one, Mick. All right, let's move on. Like Joe you know Rogan. What I'm saying? <laughs> like, I think you lost that one. I think you lost that one. And I, that's just me. Um, you know, I'm sure you can, we're not going to have any more responses because we're going to move on to the next topic of, like of this debate. I'm you know, so it's, 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 there'll be, it, look, if it's a three and a half hour discussion, then it's a three and a half hour discussion. But what I need is someone who can, who understands that aspect of this debate. Like it's going to be fun. And, and look like the, I, <laughs> Man, the way I would introduce Mick would be hilarious. Like, he's a cheeky British man who made video games and debunks UFO videos. Like, welcome Mick West. Like, not this not is an expert. Not, an, not <laughs> yeah. a FLIR, you know, and, and look, asking him that question in a debate, are you a FLIR expert? No. Have you ever taken apart a FLIR camera system that is equipped on this plane? No, no. but, no, you know, but. Like. <laughs> He, he's not going to be able to answer those questions. That's a good and, point. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Like, yeah. that's why I think this debate and this discussion is important and it needs to be had, but more importantly, it needs to be seen and heard. So that way, when people go to buy Mick's Wex bus, uh, Mick, Mick West's West books, they will maybe might Google him and find a, de- a killer debate between him and an F-18 fighter pilot that doesn't lose his shit and get angry because Mick West is grabbing at a straw man argument and he gets under his skin and he can't fucking control his emotions. Like, I want somebody who could keep their cool, let somebody moderate a debate and, and let this guy dig his own grave is what I want people to see. This okay. intellectual grave that he's digging himself into. And what I'm going to tell you is I'm going to offer him the ladder when he gets to the lowest point of that. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm going to be like, Mick, are you done now? You want to if- come up and join everyone else here? The scientists, the academics, you know, and this is going to take five years to get there, DJ. Like, it's not going to happen overnight, you know, but this discussion I think is important, man. And I mean, like, like I said, we've got Alpha Check coming on. He just he just messaged me like literally he's before good. we went on, and 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 he's got his his webcam, so he's he's good to go. He's um, I don't good. know if he's gonna bring a friend, um, you know, an expert friend. I hope he does. Uh, but we're gonna try and have this 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 conversation between two non expert experts, if that makes sense. Well, he's far more expert than Mick West because he obviously knew how the uh, the integrated cockpit of the FA-18. Okay, my boss and I watched that over at work. Mm-hmm. My boss has 10,000 hours of flying. Uh, he's flown rotary, private, privately, he's flown rotary mm-hmm. wing and fixed wing, and then in the Air Force as a flight engineer. I was a flight engineer, not a pilot. Um, although both of us have a civilian pilot's license, which is not our job in the Air Force. Flight engineer... You're sitting in the flight deck, but we're not at the controls. We're operating yeah. other stuff. So yeah. combined, we have a 14,000 hours. And we heard uh, Alpha, what's his name? Uh, Alpha Check. We heard Alpha Check explain that system, and we're just so impressed with his yeah. knowledge of not only the Atflir, but as well as the integration of 
Link 16, how the radar, uh, that when you, you uh, slew, slew the radar, all their other sensors go to that yeah. target. They're just, he was very, very impressive. Yeah. What I was going to tell well, you about me, so I ask uh, one of my uh, friends who is uh, another retired guy that was a uh, CISO, which uh, operated the camera on a gunship, AC-130 mm-hmm. gunship. Um, and I ask him, where can I find a dude for a friend of mine, Lou Angeles, who mm-hmm. who knows the F-A-18 at FLIR? And he goes, dude, I don't know anybody. He goes, but you might call or contact the weapons school, the USAF weapons school. The USAF weapons school is the equivalent of Top Gun. It's our version of Top Gun, if you will, but it's not nearly, yeah. obviously, as high profile as Top Gun is. Yeah. And if I could find a USAF pilot who wrote a paper on that at FLIR, I don't think that would be enough to debate Mick. I think you need a Navy guy, a mm-hmm. guy or gal, maybe now that uh, uh, Alex Dietrich might be your person because she's being active and vocal on Twitter. Yeah, she's interacting think, with us. I, you no, know, I know that, but I think <laughs> I think the the people around her would be like, "Don't waste your time." Okay, don't waste your time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because they they've man, I I really want to get a crack at this debate. There was a guy who on YouTube I can't remember his name right now, but I, and I've I want to try and get in touch with him. And I think I have tried getting in touch with him, actually, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't hear anything back. Uh, he is the tech. He's like, I can't remember his title, but he literally fixed those camera systems mm-hmm. that were on. Maintenance guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a maintenance guy. So he knows how those cameras work inside and out. He knows how to build them from scratch, take them apart. Uh, he, he can obviously dissect in how this thing works and mm-hmm. can explain it very very well and i was like man this is a guy that needs to fucking debate mig west and i think they had an argument on twitter and so now it's going to be tough to make that happen and that's why i hate twitter you know like i wish i had seen this guy's video earlier i wish i had seen that tweet come up and i would have tweeted at both of them let's talk about this live on air Let's talk about it in face-to-face, in person, and see if we can come to uh, an understanding. And that's what happened with Alpha Check and Mick West. Alpha hit me up a couple of days before he dropped that video, and he's like, I think I'm going to have a video that you're going to be interested in. I had no idea who he was. I was like, who is this guy? I don't even follow him. Why is he messaging? But, I mean, when you looked at his profile, like, he didn't have any followers. Like, he wasn't very – he wasn't, like, a very big influence on – this was the first thing he dropped, like, this, okay? And so he sends it to me in a message, and I watch it. I'm like, holy shit. I immediately tweeted it. I was like, you – this is a Mm must-watch. And and the video blew up, like, like Mm -hmm. wildfire. Then I saw Mick West – somebody obviously tagged Mick West in that explanation (laughs) – I think actually, oh, it's it, rubbish. It, it, actually, I think it was me. I have to go back and look, but I was like, Mick, what do you think about this? I'd like to get your thoughts. And and he wrote back and then there was this this thing on Twitter and I could be wrong. My memory might be wrong. Maybe I didn't do it. I don't know. It's a little fuzzy right now. But my point is, is that I saw them talking on Twitter and I saw it getting to a contentious point. I'm like, oh, shit. What can I do? So I immediately jumped in. I was like, Mick, I messaged Mick. I was like, hey, man, um, would you be interested in debating this guy on my show? 
like having a conversation on on that debate but uh, having a conversation on this he'd be like absolutely yeah I'd, I'd come on your show anytime i was like awesome and then i and then i hit up uh, alpha check and uh he's like yeah i'll definitely come on but i need to get some things in like lined up he's like i'm traveling i gotta get a webcam uh and he also wanted to try and get an expert on with him mm-hmm. um and uh, I don't know if that's still happening. I, I got to check. He's sending me messages now, but like, um, hopefully I'm praying to God he does because my, I would love I, the, the question I want to ask to make is, have you ever built these camera systems? Have you ever worked on them? Have you ever used them? No. Okay. And then turn to the other guests and say, okay, have you used these camera systems? Mm-hmm. Um, have you, have you worked on them? Have you built them from scratch? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so it's safe to say you're an expert on the FLIR camera system. Yes. Mick, is it fair to say that you're an expert on the FLIR camera system? And he has to say no. He will say no because he's mm-hmm. not an expert on the FLIR camera system. No, I'm not, but I've read quite a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Online. Yeah. Great. Okay, so you've you've read quite a bit, but mm-hmm. are you an expert? Um, as much as, uh, you know, anybody who hasn't actually – so again, camera. again, have you used the camera system? Have you flown a jet with this camera system in it? Uh, for that matter, no, I've not. Okay, so I, have you have you taken apart this camera system? Well, I haven't, but in my mind, I have. Okay, actually... all right. Well, so then you're not an expert. Safe to say, yes. <laughs> Safe to say, yes. You're not an expert. This is okay. gonna be like so, Joe Rogan so... with the guy who advocated for carbs, and the other guy yeah. said you should have an absolutely zero carb diet. Yeah, Joe Rogan yeah. did like three hours with those two guys. No, it was great. I mean, this is this is the way. This is the way. The way, the reason why I love Joe Rogan is because he likes debate. I wish sometimes he would do a little more research on some of the things he talks about. Yeah, but it's impossible, man. Like it's impossible. I can tell you, doing my show, I, it's impossible for me to do it. It's just, are you going to correct yourself when you do make that mistake? And I think he does try to do that most times if he does step in it. But um, what you know, I laughed a lot of the times about are crazy great discussions. What I laughed about with a friend of mine who's also a fan of Rogan's work is I said, Joe Rogan was bringing on the guy to tell the other guy about the no carbs because Joe was was at that point following a no carb. And it's like, Joe, if you want to not eat carbs and be shredded, just do that. You don't have to like have these guys go back and forth for three hours. Just say, mm-hmm. I'm going to follow this diet. But he wants to know that he's on the most – appropriate diet backed up by the most science so whatever yeah Uh, Yeah. but but anyway so i'll say this lou you've you've convinced me i think well let me just preface that by saying i think the fact that you said that dietrich wouldn't want to come on and want some of these naval aviators wouldn't want to come on because they'd be irritated and that Mm -hmm. should kind of be a signal to you of why they don't want to come on but that said, you've convinced me, and if yeah. you want to, you you want to be able to moderate it and to be able to paint him into a bit of a corner. I'm game. I will be yeah. listening. I will be liking, and all. Yeah. Well, Lou Elizondo had a conversation with Mick West. I heard it, and it sucked because there was nobody moderating it. You know what I'm saying? Like there was yeah. nobody. There was nobody going. Okay, what do you do for a living? Okay. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yes, like, yes. Just let's like, let's let's put on the table who these people are, what they do for livings, how they make their money. And then let's have the discussion on the very complicated uh, FLIR camera system 
because I don't understand it. I'm a dummy. I am dumb. You are so, not dumb at no, all. No, but what I'm, but what, but <laughs> you're not but a this, me when it this, comes in this discussion. I am a dummy. I don't know okay. about optics. I don't mm -hmm. know about lights and angles and 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 radar tracking systems. Like from what I understand, that FLIR camera system, and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it connected to your eyeballs? So wherever your eyeballs go is where that tracking system should go? I don't know that they have that system. Uh, the Apache, I feel like a lot of jets the, have the, that, no? The, the Apache has it. Uh -huh. The F-35 has it. Mm -hmm. The F-22 might have it. But yeah. I am, uh, I'm like a AFSOC tactical airlift guy, mm -hmm. and these guys are attack fighter guys. Yeah. And I, and I had a little bit of, I had one year of gunship. So that's why I feel like if I'm talking to somebody like Dietrich or I'm talking to Fravor, I'm like mouth closed because yeah. I don't know their business. And so yeah. if I walked in a room with them, I wouldn't offer up anything. And if they came in a room of AFSOC guys, that were doing AC-130 gunship type stuff or tactical airlift talent stuff, they would mm -hmm. shut up. The problem yeah. is that when you get someone who walks in the room who knows a lot less than them and thinks they know a lot more, they yeah. sound stupid and they don't yeah. know how stupid that they sound. I understand that. Yeah, you keep going back to that. I get right. that. But no, again, I know you get it, but I want we, the audience we, to get we, that. No, we have to we have to point out the yeah. the absolute absurdity that this guy who made video games is telling Air Force pilots what they saw. Like mm -hmm. it's absurd. So let's make fun of that absurdity. I'm let's embrace you. it and have fun with it. That's what I'm trying to do. So like, dude, yeah, that's that's the issue with like again nobody has nobody in this uap ufo game has as much experience talking in front of people than i do i agree nobody nobody and i mean i feel yeah. like i feel like johnny fontaine right now go ahead don corleone didn't no, it's it's not even like it's not an ego thing. Like that's no, just that's no, just the reality. It's true. It's true. <clears throat> like and you are the right person to do this. I hope so. I hope so. But you we'll are. see. It could be a complete disaster. And if it is, excellent because it'll be something to make fun of. You know, like like I, I'm gonna embrace these failures and I'm gonna embrace the successes. But God damn, if I don't try, like how, how do we not have this conversation? Like if you can get tommy lauren you know that very right wing <laughs> yeah. pundit on the same stage as you know you know uh uh what's her name from the young turks uh, i don't watch the turks anymore but anna kasparian you know on the mm -hmm. same stage and talk and debate each other mm -hmm. um you know you could do it with mick west and lou elizondo and alex dietrich and david fraber i just don't think they know how to do it so I, that's why I want to try and do it so I can show them, hey, let's do this Lou Elizondo McWest conversation again. Let's do it this time with Alex Dietrich. And, you know, they won't be afraid if they know that there's someone there to moderate the bullshit. Right. I'm with I agree with you. And I never thought of it. I never thought of you doing it that way because I had heard it was very frustrating to hear Mick and Lou and a couple of the other. Uh, the well, did Mr. you hear Covington. my interview? Did you hear my interview with Mick? I'm sure I did, but I, 
you know how much maybe I'm go maybe go listen lot, to it again. I no, I hear you. Okay. I feel you. I feel you. Mm -hmm. But I would recommend to go watch it. I will maybe again if you haven't seen it. Um, and it's okay if you haven't, dude. I make three sh like. I'm pumping out so much content and people are complaining. They're like, dude, I can't keep up. It's too long. Like, I'm just like, sorry, man. There's a lot of people who like it more than you do. <laughs> you know, like no, so I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cater to the one guy who thinks it's too long and uh, he can't keep up. Well, that's a good thing. That's, because yeah, that's there's so problem. much information yeah. coming. Like, and when, it's it not like we're, we're telling you there, you know, uh, bases under Antarctica. We're, we're, we're talking some real political, tangible, tangible mm -hmm. fun conversations so like yeah dude like it's just we, we i just need to i just need the shot i need the shot to do it and it's just it's gonna and you know maybe it takes a little longer than i thought or i hope uh but we'll see man i mean we'll see would you be willing to on my show talk about a lou and lou ticket for 21 2024 so it's like the uh lou elizondo and and lou jimenez president vice president <laughs> yeah, we, yeah right can we announce uh, that now no man you want to wait on something, that that's something i really want no part of <laughs> I, I, I i this is as political as i'm ever gonna get and I, I love politics but this is my honestly i finally found a way to talk about politics that i don't think is crazy divisive sometimes my personal feelings bleed into it but you know, I also feel like I'm very neutral. I I'm very much like Ralph Nader almost mm -hmm. where I've got a very independent mind, maybe 20 or 30 years ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes from to a political, like, you know, Ralph Nader was talking about our infrastructure and polluting our ecosystem in 1992. Um, and he was, he was looked at as a pariah. Um, if he ran today, if he was, I don't think he's still alive anymore, but if he was, and he was in his forties, he would be a, a godsend. Mm -hmm. Um, he would, but like, I, I know I'm, I know I'm somewhere in the middle when I get emails from Republican, um, uh, political organizations mm -hmm. and democratic political organizations. Um, they don't right. know what I am. <laughs> okay, so we're, I, I just want to say for the record, we're not shutting the door on Elizondo yeah. and Jimenez. We'll just hold off on that for we'll now. We'll hold off on it. All yeah. right. <laughs> I'd love to see that ticket. That yeah, would be the, I don't the think funnest, you can convince the funnest White House in the history. All yeah, right. I don't think I don't think you could ever convince Lou to do that. Especially no, I if I was his vice president, there's no <laughs> that chance. That would be the best. <laughs> Love it. No chance. No chance. And would the basketball court come back to the White House? That's all I yeah. need to know. So that would uh, be cool. <laughs> man, I used to love playing basketball. I just can't anymore. That's a young man's sport. I know. I know. You're telling me. I'm, My knees and ankles can't keep up. I'm 54. How old are you now? 40. 40. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I feel you, brother. I feel you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Is there anything, any takeaways before in closing, before we close? Because I know that you've talked for like three hours straight now. Um, yeah, I could talk for a fucking hour. <laughs> no, it's, is it, it's, what was your takeaway from 60? Is this basically, if I'm framing this incorrectly, let me know. Is this something that we were all steeped in and we're really excited that now the rest of the world, because I had friends from back home in New York text me talking about it today is yeah. that what we got did you take anything else away from it um nine million people saw it okay you know uh it changed the water cooler conversation maybe forever um to, you know, last night barack obama talked about it on the late night television show mm -hmm. um it's, it's 
it's changing right before your eyes. Um, it's significant. It's especially it's the way we, we basically on, on my show, it was, this is a reintroduction of the David Fravor and now Alex Dietrich story. Right. And, and to think that there are still two other pilots in this equation that have not come forward is also fascinating to me. When well, do we get under, to meet them? Oh, that's right. That's right. That were in the planes. They had Wizzos. Well, who's Underwood? Is Underwood Underwood is the guy who went no, he's the guy who went out after them. After Fravor. Or he's no uh, uh he's the guy that, that recorded them on the East Coast, I believe. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong. Right. He's either the guy that went out. I, I'm my is brain he, is now turning into mush. He's either the guy yeah. that went out after Fravor and caught it caught that tic tac footage. I think that's who he's, he was. I think that's who he was, or he was the guy who was quoted as saying, "Yeah, we we saw them every day for a couple of years off the East Coast." Yeah, he's Tic Tac. It was uh, New York Mag has an interview with him. He's the Tic Tac. So okay, he was the so guy there you go. Captured. Yeah. I don't know if he. Oh, if he was back. That said, pilot. So maybe he was the yeah. front seater. But I think what yeah. you're getting at is there's two backs. There's maybe there's still two more pilots. And There's still two more pilots that we have not heard from. Yes. Right. So think about that. Yeah. You know, so this is a reintroduction of the David Fravor and now Alex Dietrich story to America with uh, Lou Elizondo. Okay. And Christopher Mellon and uh, the other pilot. I'm forgetting his name right now. Oh, Graves. Graves mm-hmm. and Senator Marco Rubio. Right. Like, and they ended that segment with Rubio. Right. I thought it was incredibly powerful. Um, I think, yeah, that was huge. How we, much? Like, this wasn't for us. This wasn't for you and me or the, or the people listening to this show. It just was not for us. That was for everyone else, you know, and then you couple that with the New York Post, NBC News, uh, Ezra Klein writing a UFO story. That was massive. Um, The New Yorker, uh, the New York Times, like it's uh, Leslie Kane just just signed inked a deal with HBO to to do a movie about Lou Elizondo and this, this whole thing. Wow. Um, like it's it's coming. It's here. This is it. Here. This was this was the 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 shifting into second gear and the engines just now revving up and we're not going to get the third gear for maybe a year or two. But this but that revving up, it's going to be cool. It's wow. going to be cool. Wow. I was going to be cool. aware that that was happening. But and I, just I, imagine I... this story with two more pilots into it. and backseaters i mean you that's we what i mean from, yeah well like I, I keep saying pilots i mean the backseaters yeah the wizards yeah we would like, have a total of two four, four six eight wizards that we have not heard from because no well, i think yeah. but no two, it was only four, two planes four four, two planes right well two planes were were there two, when four. when they yeah it, it's four pilots in total and four two wizzos. planes four people right yeah. You're right. So, and then if there were any other planes in the in the area, and they wanted to use that system that coordinates what Fravor can see, then yes, now you've got, you know, however many other planes are out there. 
on link 16 yeah yeah you know like yeah. now we're having a conversation about some real data you know um that's what that's and, that's the gold we need to get to and lou is it is it your understanding because i think you're more familiar than i that the government officials came aboard within 48 hours or something and took that footage and took what the data um i'm sure cahill will know that but um, I heard I've, it was very quickly that two people came aboard in civilian clothes and took. I think I have to go back and I I do remember something along those lines, um, but that yeah I would have to ask Lou. He's going to be on my show on the twenty eighth. Um, I'll ask him that again because I do remember something along those lines. But but then again, that footage from the Nimitz, the mm -hmm. the 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 Tic Tac, uh, that Tic Tac footage was online for a couple of years before yes. it was it was so somebody was like, oh shit, this is real, um, and that was the New York Times. The New York Times basically was like, oh, this is an unclassified video of a UAP. Okay, cool. And then also coupled that with the go fast and the uh, the gimbal vi the video. So that's, you know, those two were weren't classified either the gimbal or the, the go fast. Those were unclassified videos. So we haven't even seen the good stuff yet. There's a longer now there's a classified version of the of the Tic Tac that Christopher Mellon says is a couple of minutes long. And Fravor like said the resolution is much better. He said the original is much better than way better. Seen. Yeah, way better. And they way better. cut off what you saw the edges of the screen where it's cut yeah. off, and what they cut off is the lat long, so you can't see where they're training or where they're training. And stuff yeah. Like that. Well, so. the reason why I earlier had mentioned the eye movement with mm -hmm. the tracking, mm -hmm. if that radar or that camera system is connected to eye movement, mm -hmm. which I say it's a pretty safe bet it is you might be right i i couldn't well, well I couldn't let's just let's just speculate okay mm -hmm. we don't know right uh, and that's a, could be a good question to ask um if it is that kind of system when that object darts off to the left why doesn't the camera follow it is it actively jamming that system well, I, it can't jam IR because the IR is basically just looking at it in a different light spectrum. Whereas in radar, for radar, we actually have, we're sending out a radio beam. It's bouncing off. And yeah. It's, and it's giving. I'm not talking about the spectrums of light. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the tracking of that object. So if oh, okay. you're a pilot and you're seeing that in the cockpit mm -hmm. and you've got a system where all you got to do is look to target and fire, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's where your bullets or missiles are going to go. If that thing goes whoop, I'm guessing you're also going to go whoop with your head right like mm -hmm. that's a pretty fair assumption so why didn't the camera turn we were we've been hearing about these tic tacs actively jammed the radar systems and who else who knows what else they jammed so what i'm saying is why didn't that if if it is an eye movement tracking system why didn't it track when it went left i because that's I I that's square I yeah, that square stays in the center and then the object moves out of it. Mm -hmm. And then that little X tries to follow it. But the square, nothing moves. The speed, uh, when they talk about speed, 
and Christopher Mellon used a word like 14,000 miles an hour. And then mm-hmm. someone asked him, okay, what's our best fighter? And then without talking about like an SR-71, which is, you know, it's a little bit artificial. There's certain realms that it can fly and achieve speed over a long period of time to build up to Mach 6. But mm-hmm. um, he said 1,500 to 2,000 miles an hour. So something maybe, something that accelerates to a degree of 14,000 miles an hour looks like that, and our cameras couldn't follow it. I, I, I couldn't answer that. I also mm-hmm. heard Alex say at one point these guys couldn't see it, but the IR saw it. Did you hear right. say that? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how their targeting yeah. works. But, but but what I'm saying is if, if they're getting that IR through their head heads-up display, mm-hmm. right, which is what's happening, all I'm saying is if that object moves, you, I'm – I would just assume the camera and the head would move with it because that's what the system does. You, well, you're if talking we, about look down, shoot it. down. I just don't know. Your friend that's coming on, Alpha, yeah. he will know if they have look down. That system, I believe, is called look down, shoot down. But yeah. I, I don't know that they have that. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Well, the F-35, I'll tell you something really interesting about that. In the F-35, if you're looking yeah. through your helmet and you look down, at the floor, the cockpit. Yeah, it's, it's see-through. Good. Yes. That's yeah, pretty neat. I know that. Yeah. I know that. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. I would think that our best fighter jets on the planet, you know, the, F, the F-18s and F-16s, those are like the things we make the most of, I think would have that kind of tracking system on it where, you know, it's the look down, shoot down or whatever. But my point is, is that it's not moving fast. It, it's... People are are on the fence about the speed of which this thing is moving off of camera. So we don't really know the speed of it. But even if it is Mach 2, I think a, a, a fighter pilot can see, you know, something go Mach 2 and go by them, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Lou will, Lou will, and uh, I'm sure you have contacts that know a lot more about the F-18. Well, this is definitely going to be a question I ask one. him about, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because I mean, look, we don't know, but I'm saying if if it is that system, again, just speculating, but it, let's say it, it is on the plane, it'd be interesting to know if the reason why that that tracking system didn't follow the head movement or mm-hmm. the eyeball movement was because the object was actively jamming that system. Yeah, I I, I don't. Okay, no. jamming the look down, shoot down part of it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It could be. I we know it jammed the radar. We know. Yeah, we know they said it, that. It, but that's a yeah. different. Uh, it it jammed. It's. I, th- I believe they said it jammed the radar and other data gathering devices. You know, and that that heads up display is recording, obviously, right? So it's an information gathering device. Um, so it's something that they can use. I, again, it's speculation. Well, the, like, the, it's a question I got to um, ask. Those cameras, basically that feed gets plugged into something that you would just see as a several terabyte, couple terabyte right. drive. And when they right. come out of the aircraft, they yank those drives and bring them in. So mm-hmm. that's because we ended up, you know, my little time and I had about a year on gunships. And that's where I learned that is that we were pulling the feeds from those two cameras every mission mm-hmm. bringing them into the squadron uploading them onto a computer and saving that so right. so that's where uh so i'm sure they have something very similar a lot of interesting stuff i will say one thing that i find interesting and get your take 
on the the pyramidal shapes. Mm-hmm. So, if the Navy has confirmed this is a legitimate video taken by naval personnel, mm-hmm. so now I have to figure out how do you how, how can I spoof that? So, or co- could you like if I'm going to play Mick West in this case, which again we need people to do that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. I'm seeing one pyramid quite clearly, and then two others, right? Mm-hmm. And then they sort of come together. And then one guy, I, the, the one guy that was talking about, oh, that's an aircraft. This guy's, it's got aircraft anti-collision lights. And I'm like, no, yeah. that's not what aircraft anti-collision lights look like. But okay. So mm-hmm. the next thing is that how do you, if something is towing that, let's say there's another aerial vehicle that has mm-hmm. that on a line of <clears> some <throat> sort <throat> that's making it dangle and maybe it's connected electrically. So mm-hmm. how does this carrier group with an Aegis not see whatever that is that supposedly is are towing them? So that would be the first thing I would want to know. And Christopher Mellon said, you're hovering, what, 100 miles offshore? Mm-hmm. So how do you get there with an electric quadcopter drone? Um... Well, Jeremy McGowan has shown that the U.S. possesses drones that can hover, in some cases, for three to four days. Hover? Um, yep. Hmm. I'm not familiar with that technology. Yep. At night? Yep. I don't think yep. there's a battery source that could do that. Okay. So it, now- it's, yeah. It's, I, it doesn't necessarily have to be a battery source. Like, you've got drones that can circumnavigate the world right now yes but they don't hover so we're talking like a global hawk sure. or something mm-hmm. like that rq4 you mm-hmm. know there's certain but those are aircraft but what footage have we seen these things hovering we only get the stories mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying we don't get any of the data we just they just say right. oh yeah they're hovering and how do we know that they're powered by anything how do we know they're not balloons well a that balloon, are hovering a balloon you know is normally not in the shape of a pyramid i don't know what they said the winds so we unless, don't have the wind data yeah unless of course you're trying to make a drone look like something really weird mm-hmm. so that way it doesn't get reported because if say somebody uh records that and then starts and then tells his commanding officer i just filmed the pyramid sir flying pyramid uh, <laughs> what do you that's exactly what the response would be all right so, you, so, so we'll wait to get more data on that one <laughs> exactly but here's my point is you need to read this article by tyler rogaway on the drive talking about this problem is the chinese and the russians are developing drone tech like that mm-hmm. that they launch not from the shore they launch them from fishing boats they mm-hmm. launch them from incoming ship, especially, I don't know if you guys know this, but one of the largest shipping ports on the planet is in Long Beach, California, mm-hmm. right off of where these, these training exercises happen. So you get a Chinese uh, shipping boat, shipping ship, like one of these mm-hmm. massive ships with container ships. And who's to say they're not launching these well, very remedial, like, 
10 15 dollar drones that are literally attached with party balloons okay but it's a party balloon that's got a eighty thousand dollar listening device hooked onto mm. it and they don't give a shit if it gets shot down or if it you know blows out they'll still be able to get the data collection from it and move on like eighty thousand dollars the chinese government is nothing you put and now you compound that with a uh, swarming technology. So let's say you launch 10 or 15 of them. Mm-hmm. And now you've got 10 or 15 weird looking pyramid shaped drones that are made by either Chinese or Russian assets that are collecting data on our most sensitive are these, military installations. Are these quadcopter type? What's no, the no, 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 no. We're what's talking like, we're talking guys? like um, very remedial like probably electric where they literally float into place depending on the winds and things like that. But, like it's, it's, it, they are like handmade. So they're, like they're, they're, purpose, they're purposefully made to look weird as mm-hmm. shit because okay. the Chinese and the Russians know that an American pilot who reports something that looks weird to their superiors gets the reaction that you just gave me when I gave you that scenario. So because of that stigma, because of that, um, uh, uh, well, just leave that stigma because of that stigma. Yeah. They don't report it. Yeah. So it doesn't get cataloged. It doesn't get analyzed. It doesn't get moved up the chain. Like if that's, that's a problem. That's yeah. a, that's a legitimate national security issue that is actually happening. And so if you get a weird pyramid-shaped balloon in the middle of the day and you are on a military nuclear base and you see that, what are you going to do? You're going to report that? Well, where were they? I, I thought they were at, on a, doing an exercise out like 100 miles off coast. They were. No, okay. but I'm just saying, like, yeah, we're, yeah, seeing, yeah. we're seeing these shapes and these kinds of apparatuses over military bases mm-hmm over like it's not just ships man it's everywhere (laughs) so how do we know that these just aren't you know uh, infiltrated assets within the united states just being spies being really good reconnaissance it's a good it's it's a very it's a very hypothetical situation but the issue is is that in addition to things like that we have that diamond in the rough that David Fravor, Alex Dietrich video footage kind of story that is rock solid, that doesn't fit that drone narrative. Right. Okay. Because the United States. Correct. uh, The United States. Sorry. the, The United States may have drone technology that say, and I, I mean, are we really going to put it past the United States military to develop a drone that can stay hovering for days on end? I'm not going to put that past yeah, our military. I, no maybe. freaking way. But if we're developing it, that means somebody else might be too. Absolutely. So so that's all I'm trying to tell you and, and sort of wake people up to is that, like, we're not looking. We're looking for the the – the 1%, the diamond in the rough, man. Like that's what we need the data on. And, and like, there's a very real, the reason why this is getting a lot of political attention. And this is something I could talk to about my congressman and Senator, mm-hmm. instead of talking to them about UAPs and UFOs and aliens, I can call a Senator and I can say, Hey, are you aware 
that over our military bases, there are unidentified strange looking drones that are mm-hmm. spying on our military assets mm-hmm. and our in our training exercises. Are you aware of that, Congressman mm-hmm. so-and-so? Right, right, right. You don't have to mention another goddamn thing about They're... UFOs, aliens, none of that. And now you got someone's attention. That's why it's getting the political uh, uh, um, muscle that it is, because part of this, and again, remember who this information is coming from. Part of this, I think, is a two-prong attack, at least at least two prongs. Mm-hmm. And one of those prongs is we have to change the stigma of this topic. We need to allow our, our personnel that we trust with billion dollars worth of equipment to not be afraid to report this shit because they're not going to get the promotion that they've worked their entire career for. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. we have to get them comfortable with the idea about talking about this. That's why you got the New Yorker. That's why you got 60 Minutes. That's why you got, you know, Ezra Klein write in an article in the New York Post and Gaddy Shaw. Like, that's why this is gaining the steam that it is. That's why Rubio's talking about it, because it's politically important like it's a mission they need to change the stigma on this because we are being spied on and imagine drone swarm swarm drone technology launched from a chinese ship that hovers above santa monica pier and has a payload of anthrax right right now we're talking about the biggest security fuck up in the history of America next to 9-11. That's, that's an act of war if that happens. An act, well, an act but, but then again, if nobody's reporting it and there's no cataloging of it, how are you going to prove who launched it? That's a good point. That's why no, they're doing that. You know, yeah. It's why this conversation's being had. But now our job is to make sure that the date, the, the the stuff that we're really interested in. I mean, honestly, I do care about Chinese and Russian drones, but I don't care about Chinese and Russian drones. <laughs> I care about really, Lou. I, I, yeah. I care about the the meat, the UAP. You know, like the unknown aspect of it. That's what fires my belly, man. Like there's something there. The Rubicon has been passed. That's confirmed, and I don't think that's a lie. Because if you're politically savvy, you can see this is going to go to congressional hearings. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. It may not be this year or even next, but in three to five years, I think congressional hearings are a very realistic possibility. And if that does happen, game changer. Absolute game changer but the things that they're gonna really focus on are are the destigmatization and destigmatization of the mm-hmm. topic and also how how and why senators and congressmen and public officials now that you're gonna see alex dietrich david fravor lou elizondo christopher mellon and Chad who Underwood. else might come mm-hmm. out in the next couple of years uh, um you know maybe those two other wizzos um and give a congressional uh, um, testimony in front of Congress, and now, this is why I don't think it's a lie or 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 a, you know, a psyop, because if Lou Elizondo is pushing for congressional hearings, if he goes before Congress, any of these men go before Congress and women, 
knowing that they're selling a lie and they get caught lying to Congress about the intentions of why they're talking about this, it's perjury. It's it's your your pension, your money, your life gone. Gone. You're going to jail. You're going to jail. Let let me ask you, what percentage of these videos that have been leaked to Corbell and George Knapp, what percentage of those do you think is part of a desensitization campaign? All of it. All All of it. it? All of it. So all of it. It's it's they're 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 trying to desensitize the public. I, I mean, again, I don't think. I, I honestly think people put a lot too much weight on what the public's going to react to this. The public doesn't give a shit. They already know it's real. They do. Like you talk to most people, they're like, yeah, I could see that happening. I think that's a possibility. Sure. Mm-hmm. And if the government came out tomorrow and said, yeah, it's real, which they have, <laughs> nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Society hasn't collapsed. Mm-hmm. Nobody's, you know, like now if they whip out a UFO, I still think nothing will change. I agree. It'll, it'll be it'll be business. People have to go to work. People have to take care. <laughs> of their right. You know what I'm saying? Like they're yeah. they're gonna be like, oh, okay, wow, really? A UFO? They're gonna get excited about it for a few days. They're gonna find shows like mine and start educating themselves on this topic. But nothing changes, dude. Nothing changes. I agree. Like, Can- um, I, I, for from a from a from a you know, like societal perspective, like, I agree, you know, religion won't die. Like none of those things that people fear. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. Um, let me ask you, let me get to the most important thing. What are the top three or four TV shows that Lou Jimenez likes to watch right now? Yeah. Just at the moment you could do all time. Oh, and, and man. What do you, what do you like to watch? You're an actor. Um, yeah, no, it's a good question, man. Um, ooh, it's a really good question. I haven't been watching a lot of TV lately. You I've don't been, have time. <laughs> I've been really busy. Honestly, I have yeah. not had time. I fall asleep to documentaries about like Japanese uh, samurais. Um, it's a good question. I guess I'll give you I'm, all time. Okay, give me all time. I'd love to hear The it. Wire. Oh be number yeah. One. That's probably the best show ever written on television. Um, the Sopranos, just because it changed. Uh, that was like the, the start of the new golden age of TV was The Sopranos. Um, that was must-watch TV, and it's still really good. Um, and then, you know, if we don't get The Sopranos, Sopranos. We, we never get The Wire. Um, okay, now, what have I really liked recently? Um, I loved, loved, loved the boys on Amazon. Really, really dug that the show. Boys? The boys, yeah. Um, it's awesome. Um, for you, love it. <laughs> um, the the okay. So two other shows that I could tell you about that I really enjoyed. The first is, and this might be controversial because some people hated it. I okay. really liked it, and I and I hope they make a second season. The Watchmen on oh. HBO. Okay. So good. Okay. <laughs> it takes like five or six episodes to get into it, but oh my god, it's so good. Uh, it, this, yeah. Can you watch without? As an actor, are you watching? Is it hard not to be critical of 
yes. certain things that the civilians. No, like I'm a critic. Not, I'm a okay. I'm a I'm a critic. Okay. I constantly am looking at background actors, the dumbest things. Like mm-hmm. if a, if a production feels cheap to me, I usually check out pretty quickly. Okay. Um, if it's not cinematically beautiful, if it's not eye candy, I'm out. Like you better cast me with some eye candy, some good editing, producing and writing, uh, and directing, obviously. Um, I get you know I'm gonna go over five. There's two okay. other shows now okay. that I think Let's of it. Do it Mandalorian was killer. Oh wow, okay, killer. I think good. it's the best thing that they've made from Star Wars in a long, long time. Um, and uh, I'm gonna go the leftovers. The uh, leftovers. Yeah, is it? Wow. Left- oh, no. Am I? Did I have that right? Is that the name of the show? God, I'm gonna feel stupid if that's not the. Here I am with The Last Kingdom. Well, I also watched The Wire cover to cover. Yeah, okay, I'll The Leftovers. Okay. The Leftovers is oh, so good. Oh, these are like all HBO shows, by the way. Yeah, I mean, you want to spend all my money on HBO. Yeah. Go ahead. Treme. Oh, Treme about uh, New oh, Orleans. New Orleans. Oh, okay. so good. I will watch Oh, my it. God. Okay. FX mm-hmm. is making some killer shows. I would highly recommend season one and season two of um, the Mayans. No, <laughs> okay, sorry. No, uh, Fargo. Oh wow! Okay. Oh my god! That's season good. one and two is some of the best TV I've ever seen. Wow! And then. Lou, you uh, have to put this out on Twitter. We need to know what an expert thinks about television. Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm a real snob. A smee, a smee. I'm a, I'm a real snob with well, television. Well, I've been know. wanting to watch Treme, so I will. I actually oh. rented a uh, uh, a place to go and stay for the weekend there in that no, neighborhood, and it's phenomenal. They were, oh, man. It was so, cult, so much culture dude. there. What a good... So much. The, the, the ending of the first episode, I was just... In, it was so beautiful. It was just insanely good. Um, and those are the, it's the same guys who wrote The Wire, wrote Treme. Right, um, yeah. And what was the last one that I was thinking of? Um, oh, Lovecraft Country. Love? <laughs> My yeah. God. Love. Yeah. Lovecraft Country. It's such a crazy, I have crazy, to, like, take out a notepad show. for this thing. Jeez. Yeah, well, that one's a good, me... like... Lovecraft Country. Yeah, that's a good one. These are all, like, all HBO shows, man, but... Those are the ones that right before this channel went crazy, I was watching. And if I if I got a second season of The Watchmen or Lovecraft Country, um, I would I would absolutely make time to watch them without a doubt. Uh, and and I watched the movies? newest season of Fargo. Well, I'm a t- I'll give you directors. Okay. It's movies I can go on forever. Okay. But I'm gonna say Tarantino number one. Okay. Number one. Um, Spielberg, uh, George Lucas, just because of the importance, not so much as like THX, uh, is one of my favorite films. And that was like, I think a student film of his, um, well, it was right. Okay. It was, it was like, it, it was his first film. It wasn't a student film. That's the dumbest thing to say. It was his first film. Cause um, American graffiti was like one of his. Yeah first right? yeah i think that was his second second american graffiti phenomenal. Not mistaken. phenomenal pretty sure movie. I'm awesome movie um and um 
Wes Anderson. Who's that? He directed uh, s- some of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. Um, he directed The Fantastic Mr. Fox. He directed um, the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, that was good. That was really good. Such a good flick. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, though, is my favorite Wes Anderson film, I think, though, is um, The Life Aquatic. Wow. This, uh, it, that is hands down. I will, if you want to see me cry like an absolute maniac, play that movie for me because I, I love, love, love that film. I think I nearly cried during uh, Last Chance You Basketball. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was so moved by those kids uh yeah i was choked like holding back tears is yeah emotional yeah uh but so now it kind of lends to being that i like some of the same stuff you like i appear a little bit more cool now than before dude marginally you've always been cool all right (laughs) you've always been cool my eyes bro you're good dj you're good people man thank you so much uh lou and you know don't you think it'd be fun if i get alizondo on here to talk about cars Ask him about some gearhead stuff so he doesn't have to answer serious yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, right? he's coming on my show in July to do a conversation the with dad his show. father, the dad show. Yeah, we're doing my dad, his dad, and we're doing, uh, give me some car questions, bro. I'll pop them in there. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like okay. I if I can't get him, I would be happy to give him to well, you. Well, yeah, I mean, get him. him. Yeah, yeah trying. Yeah. I mean, dude, he's pretty open to to do any podcast but i need you to co i need like you you know i need you to co-host if i do that you know (laughs) if you want me to yeah if you want me to not necessary i think you could do it yourself it'd be fun no i want to have a i mean you're military you're a military man he's gonna he's gonna like you a lot a lot you're already in the door if you're i not even we'll see it's a guarantee he really 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 loves his military brothers and sisters like that's number one for him dude and that's a big reason why he's doing this is because he was he was he's frustrated and and i can tell you a lot of the military men that come on my show are frustrated with this topic they're really really upset especially the ones that have had some some very 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 significant experiences you know you know lou scott goodnow on that show identified talked about i saw a freaking radio tower coming into mccarran vegas and another aircraft called opposite direction and saw Mm. a radio tower lit up in midair at nineteen thousand feet i mean that guy should be talking in front of congress as well a lot i I mean that guy has a lot of credibility well we we here's the thing and then I gotta go after this. Yeah, I'm, I'll let you go, man. I, I was gonna get you. Right, hungry. Um, no, that's fine. Okay. I I, I, yeah. I can do this forever. Okay. I'm just really okay. gotta get out of here for her. Okay. Um, but oh god, what was I gonna say? You were gonna we we're talking about Scott Good now, and that he should be going before Congress. Yes. Oh, because yeah, yeah, of what yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've been watching the citizens hearings uh, that Jeremy Corbell just re-released with um, the citizens here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and there's three parts out right now, and. I can tell you Congress doesn't have time for three days worth of testimony. You got to make this as simple as you possibly can. I mean, simple, like you get a handful of people, the best of the best that you absolutely have. You have them give five to seven minutes worth of testimony and 
why they they believe this is important but also make sure that they emphasize the bipartisanship of this this is an, an amazing opportunity to win trust with the american people if they start giving uh, more transparency on this topic and um it keep it simple keep it a one-day testimony one yeah. one afternoon so their like, attention is crap i'm with you man Brevity, so it's brevity's the key. like they like i was watching these and it was a like a mock congressional hearing and there was only one congressman on that entire committee and she wasn't taking no shit. She's like, my, I'm reclaiming my, she's the only congressman I've seen yet that reclaimed her time when somebody went on too long um, in questioning. And I was like, that's what Congress would do. They would reclaim their time when things get a little too crazy. Ah, yeah. Um, and you got to keep it simple, as simple as you can. So I, I'm, I'm dying to talk to Corbell. And um, I can't remember the gentleman he released it with his name off the top of my head right now. Um, but yeah, I want to get him on the show and talk about the strategy of the next of the real congressional hearings like right. you know what if what are the the things we can learn the mistakes we can learn from from these mock hearings like what could we take the, the things we could take away and the things we can apply to uh the to the strategy when it comes to when and if we get congressional hearings i'm with you brother uh just yeah. tell everybody where they can find you as we take you out to the great great latino brother Carlos Santana. <laughs> Carlos Santana. Can I get um, an So, amen. Uh, so, you can find me at Twitter at Lou Angeles, um, L-U-A-N-G-E-L-E-S. Um, and you can also find my YouTube channel, The Unidentified Celebrity Review. Um, yes. Just Google that, The Unidentified Celebrity Review, and you'll find my channel. It's it's growing by the the hour. It's really, really cool to watch it grow, and people are digging the content. They're digging the show. They're digging what we're doing. So come and join. Be part of the fun. It's it's uh, all inclusive, all hands on deck efforts. So um, we need everyone. Lou Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, Lou. Thank you so much. As we say in yoga, absolute pleasure. Namaste, brother. Namaste. Thank you so much, <laughs> my man. Thank you, thank brother. You. We'll talk to you again. It's always a pleasure. You. Yep. Talk to you soon. No problem. Peace. Peace.